Bothians. I am not your son. You just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now this is definitely not getting deleted. You like that, Yins? I loved it. Welcome in to this week's episode, Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Mike Seta, joined as always by the soulless canine, Rydog. What the fuck is up, Denny's? And for the first time in 16 years, decides to grace us with his presence. <laughs> what not year the, is it? Not the quarterback, Chris Sims. What's up, what's up? Back. Well, uh, before we uh, roast Chris and more for skipping these last few years, uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that they can uh, follow us on all these social media platforms at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also feel free to uh, follow our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long. I'm at Hitstick Chris. And Grace, with your presence, is right because you know there's there's a few listeners we have that don't necessarily agree with that. But Ryan, before we dive into everything, I just got to know what did. Chris Sims, the ex-quarterback and newscaster, do to piss you off so bad last week. I mean, I heard you at the end of the podcast. You were you were very. I I know that wasn't directed towards towards me. It couldn't have been. No, it was definitely directed towards you, and it's because you weren't here. <laughs> I was seeing the band Camino. We we like who Kyle. the fuck are they? I didn't know, but they were good. It was a good show. We like Kyle better. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle's pretty cool to fill in. Kyle, you guys only like Kyle because you absolutely just bully the fuck out of him, and he doesn't. Respond no, him. no. You Kyle willingly has good called points. him K douche on the AFC North podcast, That's and good. he didn't even respond to it. That we was good. Love, first of all. It That's was, a good nickname. There was not a lot of love. I did not feel the love when it I was. was. Listening we to love that. Kyle. Sorry that Kyle brings up good points. Yeah. I bring up plenty of good points. Yeah. Like a good point of, you know, uh, what Mitchell Trubisky's record as a starter is versus what Deshaun Watson's starter as a rec- record is, you know? Uh, starting records. That was actually compared to Jacoby Brissett. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's Trubisky versus Watson. And as a starter, Mitchell Trubisky has a better record. He also had a better team. He had a playoff team. He didn't have, I mean, that defense didn't. Who has better stats? Houston made the we're playoffs. A fa- we're a fantasy football podcast. Who had better stats? I mean, before Dehop got shipped away, they were still in the playoffs as well. All so. the time, yeah. That was going to say, that, that Houston Texans team was pretty good back then. Who blew right. a 24-point lead? So I, I get how you guys are all doing, I guess. You guys just wanted to jump the gun into that. You didn't even let me intro it, but we got a big show for you guys today. We are going to be talking NFC West, getting the NFC divisional breakdowns, getting it going. Does anyone want to get started first after Chris plays that funky music? Uh, before that, a little bit of news since we haven't really oh, talked I guess news we got much. News, yeah. Terry McLaurin signed an extension. Yes, he did. Just today. Three-year deal. Yeah, $71 million. Yeah, now what a top, massive overpay. Now top, whoa, okay, okay. Now we're going to get be, hot. To be fair, though, is, I mean, I think one should beg to ask, is it really smart to lock down a wide receiver to that kind of a contract when you don't even really have a solidified quarterback? Or Well, when it's an only a three-year deal, you're kind of playing a little bit safe there, and there's been no doubt about Terry McLaurin's Oh, he's talent. phenomenal. He's he a is phenomenal so player. awesome. What about Sam Howell? What about Sam what? Howell? Yeah, I don't, I'm not feeling the Sam Howell vibes here. Yeah, I was just He's kidding. never had a steak in his life. <laughs> no, you really want that man throwing he you the ball? He only eats chicken nuggets. <laughs> you want that man throwing you the ball? Never eating a steak? I mean... We all love chicken tendies from time to time, but That's true. all you eat? Come on now. Come no. on. No, but I love Terry, so big, big excited for him. Yeah, happy to see him there. I mean, it's nothing's changing with him at least, so. So fucking good. Yeah, other than that, though, that's pretty much the only news that's been breaking out, so yep. let's get into it. All right, I'm going to show Kyle how it's done. <laughs> 
yeah. Oh yeah. It's Tennessee West. I was a little offended that he didn't join in with me on that last week. I thought that was good. He did it, and it sounded like... He I, didn't do it. I did it. He stared at me while I did it. Wait, that was you? Yeah. Then why that was did, me by myself. And then, and then Ryan was like, dude, what the hell? Why aren't you doing it? Yeah. But like, I, well, I, my other question is, why did you sound like a middle school kid going through puberty? Because I need, I need the low octave to go with my high pitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what Ryan sounds like. That's just his voice. That's just That's his true. voice. Yeah. All right, well, getting started with the I'm NFC West. Boy. That's why Kim's daddy. <laughs> we are going to jump into the Arizona Cardinals. And with, honestly, probably the best player in fantasy out of these three that we're going to discuss today, we're going to let Chris get us started since he's been off for a couple years. A couple years, yeah, in two weeks. Calm down now. Calm down. Um, I want to talk about James Conner, running back for the Arizona Cardinals, ex-running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am very much in on James Conner. I'm going to give you guys a little uh, bit of forecasting here. He is a very, very strong candidate to be one of my hits of the year this year. I am all in. I just went through my uh, early RB rankings, and I actually have him slated to be an RB1. He is sitting at my RB11 spot. Um, I know what a lot of people say about him, and I get it. Like The argument is that you know, you're going to see a lot of a touchdown deflation. Is that is that not the, the big pitch against him? That's a decent assumption. And I think that that's correct. He had 15 touchdowns last year. I don't think that is a realistic number for him to repeat. That being said, it's not impossible. Arizona is one of the teams that are very run heavy. They love to run the ball when they get in between from the five-yard line to the end zone. That is where they love to utilize basically goal line carries and stuff to the running back position. But what I really like about James Conner is the fact that Chase Edmonds is no longer there. There's 116 vacated attempts and most importantly, 53 vacated targets, which anybody that was a Steelers fan back when Conner was there will tell you he's got low key, good pass catching appeal. He can actually catch the football. So I think what he loses in those touchdowns, he will make back up in the reception department. And if I don't recall wasn't he a top five running back last year? He was. I think he finished like what six or seven possibly. RB five, I believe. I think it was five. And I don't. I'm. I'm not saying he's going to do that again. That's that's a little high for him. But for where you're getting him, which I'm going to pull up his ADP here because I he know is going at number thirty seven RB nineteen. That is a smash. That is a steal. Yeah. Value. I'm all in on James Conner for this season, and I, I have plenty more points. I'm going to save him because I'm telling you, he's probably going to be a hit of the year for me. But. I think that in terms of value from this division, that is one of the best values you're going to get in your drafts this year. Yeah, bringing up the ADP, I think that's where I kind of lie on it, is you got a guy that finished in the top 10 going at RB19. That's just, it's, it's you could say James Conner's a risky pick, but at that ADP, he can easily outplay it. The biggest concern, of course, what everyone's going to say, is injury history. Yeah. And if he stays healthy, he's there. But you can argue that with pretty much every running back in the top 20. So, yeah, that's a solid pick at the back end of the third round, even inside that third round if you want to take a running back there. Yeah, it's really hard to go against him. He was he was an absolute stud last year. He won me a fantasy league, so I'm a, I'm all in on him this year. He's like your he Miles said. Sanders toot, now. Toot. Toot. Oh, wait, that's Ryan tooting his own horn over there. That is me tooting my own horn, and there's a reason for it. James Act Conner, like you've been there. Act like you I will. Been I've been there. Two-time. Two-time champ. Two-time. Two-time. Uh, I'm sorry, Greg. Well, I was going to say, I actually, um, just to kind of stick in this room here, I actually don't think that Eno Benjamin, uh, who I project to be as the backup there, is a terrible stash as well in somewhere. I mean, if you have a deep bench, if you're one of those leagues that has like 18 roster spots or something like that, uh, he's not, because if something happens to Connor, somebody there has to step up. And I, I actually don't think he's a terrible stash. So, 
No, it, it is kind of weird because, you know, we've we've been taking Chase Edmonds all over the, the place the past few years, even with David Johnson there. Like, the backup running back in Arizona has kind of had a little bit of value. So, if you know Benjamin is that number two this year, I know they just drafted a guy who uh, – off the top Keontae of my head. Ingram, or? Keontae Ingram, who might be, you know, might fall into that number two role coming into the season, something to monitor. But no, there's always someone to have in the backfield in Arizona. So I love James Conner this year. You know, like Sada said, with his injury history, there are a little bit of question marks. But if he truly is going around RB nineteen, I, I'm, I'm taking that risk. I'm taking him higher than nineteen. Like that's I just, agree. Yeah. There are not eighteen other running backs that I want over James Conner going into this year. Yeah, I agree. Well. That's pretty, I mean, we all pretty much agree on James Conner, especially where he's going. So, Ryan, let's get it started with your guy for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, my guy is Mr. Zach Ertz. Zachary Ertz, husband to Julie Ertz, famous soccer player for the U.S. She's women's national so team. Hot. We're not going to uh, objectify women here. What about, what about her skills on the soccer field? She's, she's a, a beast. She's a superstar athlete. Well, their commercials are awesome. There's nothing better than a good soccer baby, let me tell you. And you, <laughs> no, we're getting a little off the rails. I'm just saying, like they're they're a power couple for sure. Like, I I stated my case last week when we talked about our late tight end flyers about Trey McBride, and most of those reasons that I said that I like Trey McBride because of his opportunity that could happen, the opportunity that should happen is what's going to Zach Ertz. He uh, he finished as a top five tight end last year. He was going as the tight end nine going into this season. I think that's a little bit too low for him. He was the tight end four in the ever since he joined Arizona after the trade from Philadelphia. He saw the tight end position, saw a 23% target share the first three games that DeAndre Hopkins missed, saw a 27% target share the last five games that he missed. Tight ends get funnel targets when DeAndre Hopkins is not there. Especially I know, in that offense. Especially in that offense. I know, you know, Hollywood Brown emerging, coming in, he – Everyone's kind of going to be in love with him. I don't think Hollywood Brown is all that great, and I don't think he's going to be the target funnel that DeAndre Hopkins is. Zach Ertz, freshly off a new signed three-year deal, they they put capital in him. They, they like the guy, and uh, while he hasn't been fully healthy throughout his career, I think he's only had three or four full seasons under his belt for as long as he's been in the NFL. If he is on the field all of this year, there's no reason to think he's outside of the top six when it comes to the tight end position. So I am hammering Zach Ertz all over the place this year. Yeah, I know Ryan said tight end nine uh, via fantasy pros. He's at tight end 11. So I, I can't argue with that at all. A- after you get out of that top six, like we discussed last week on the show, you know, you're, you're going to be taking stabs. And a guy who's literally been drafted in the top five when he was in his prime in Philly. Yeah, I'll take a stab at that all day without that with the lack of competition there. Yeah, when he was younger and healthy and playing in Philly, he was one of the top three tight ends, like one of the few reliable people that you could take every year, and you know you were getting the targets, you were getting the touchdowns, you were getting everything. He's kind of fallen off a little bit when Dallas Goddard emerged, but now he's in a new situation with everything going his way. DeAndre Hopkins is out for the first six games. That's the big thing for me. It's not injury, it's suspension. Like, he's going to miss it. Those targets are going to go to the tight end position, and Zach Ertz is going to be on the field all of the time. And rookie tight ends take a minute, too. I love Trey McBride in all dynasty formats. Give me him everywhere I can in that. But in terms of redraft, uh, he's not a terrible stash in case something were to happen to Ertz. But, like, I, I love Zach Ertz. If where, I mean, I'm from what I'm seeing, he's going around in the 12th. He's in around, like, the 12th round, and I, I think that's a smash value, especially Absolutely. for somebody that's going to get a very, very good target share for those first six games. I'm, I'm all in. I agree with you. Yeah, with this team in general, it's a team I want to take some stabs at. And though like this is going to be a very high-flying offense. They're going to run a lot of 4 wide. They're going to be passing the ball everywhere. It's pretty much set in stone. We want Kyler Murray with his you know rushing, passing upside. But one of my guys I'm going to talk about 
is guys going to be going a lot later than your two options. And that's Mr. Rondell Moore. And right now he has an ADP of wide receiver 60. And that is due to his lack of production last year. And frankly, he just could not get on the field. They would let Christian Kirk just run in the slot all day long, and he got paid for it. And I just think that he was one of my favorite prospects coming out of college. And I think it had to do with lack of opportunity than it did his talent. And I believe that he can definitely way outplay that ADP this year, especially with D-Hop gone. That slot role should be pretty much his when you got Hollywood spread in the field. I'm all in on Rondell Moore. Yeah, I, and I agree with everything that you just said in terms of all that. It was absolutely, if you watched any of those games, you would see very clearly it was just a lack of opportunity. Because when he got the opportunity, he was dropping 22-point games. Um, I like Hollywood Brown. I'm more in on him than I am Rondell. I think that Hollywood Brown going where he's at, which is from what I'm seeing is around like the eighth round, that's a great value. I think there's values all around on this team right now, and I don't really understand why because it's one of the more high-powered offenses in the league. But I could get behind both Hollywood and Rondell Moore as players that I would be targeting in my drafts. I don't hate either one of them. Now, are you not concerned that Rondell Moore sucks? What uh, do you mean? I don't think he sucks. I think when you look at the metrics and the stats, like you can see he had one of the lowest average depth of targets that you've ever seen in he the He almost NFL. had a negative. He had, a, he had literally a 1.7, and he was still productive in certain games. That just shows that he has the ability to do that. Now, it's all about consistency with him. When you're drafting him at wide receiver 60, you're really not betting on him to be your starter. And if you need him to be a flex here in and here out, that could be a solid option for you. And if he does pull that breakout, you're going to be way ahead of a lot of people on your teams. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against anybody who's going to be the wide receiver 5, 6, 7 on your team because those are all dart throws at that point anyway. So if you believe in Rondale, go get your guy. I'm not in on Rondale this year, but... I can't argue against him because he's going to be a fucking bench player. Well, I, I'm absolutely more in on Hollywood Brown in the eighth round than Rondell Moore at any point in my draft because Hollywood Brown has shown me he broke out last year. He was putting up wide receiver one numbers. I don't expect him to get the 12 targets a game that Hopkins no, would get. God, no. But he's not that kind of player. He's the kind of player that can make you – He can. he's like a Walmart brand Tyreek Hill in the sense that he can score all of his points on one play. So, And in an offense like that that runs a lot of plays, I'm very much in on Hollywood Brown personally. Now, before we pivot off this team, just because this is a very high-powered team, I, I think it's just important to ask the question, where and if, are, are you drafting DeAndre Hopkins, and if you are, where? Oh, that's, that's real tough. Cause do Six you, do games you, is a long time. Do you know what his current ADP is at the moment? I'm going to find it out really quick. Because I got I, you. I don't know if I could wait six games on a guy, especially if he's going in like I mean, even single-digit rounds, that's a little scary. DeAndre Hopkins is going at wide receiver 35, ADP yeah, at 82. Nope. nope, not happening for me. I'm not taking him in like a fourth, fifth, sixth-round situation. I'm I'm getting people that I know are going to be on my team week one because I need them in week one. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be fine when he comes back, but I'd rather go and try and pick him off the team that ended up drafting him because they're sitting at one and five before his, you know, his season even starts. Yeah, I don't hate that logic. I mean, I it's hard though to pass him though at RB thirty five. I mean, at wide receiver thirty five. That is it though. When you know you're, you already know you're not getting six games with him. You know he's getting up there in age. You know he has an injury history. Yeah, I think you might be right on that. He, he just kind of reminds me of what we were expecting with the Michael Thomas of like two years ago, and even so, even last year too. Like, yeah, he had the ability to finish in the top five. He's still that talented, but. When you get that old, it, it is dangerous. It's definitely dangerous yeah. when it comes to that. 
Well, six um, games is a long time. That's a large chunk of your season that's automatically gone. Uh, that's a player you obviously can't rely on. An 85th overall, that's that's probably in what? Probably like the fifth round in that's your That's you're team. taking your wide receiver three and knowing that you're not going to have him for six games. I think the biggest difference, though, with a lot of the guys I was just talking about, like Michael Thomas, is he's not really coming off an injury. He's coming off a suspension. So right. he should be pretty fresh. He should be healthy. And, you know, I'm not going to be completely against him to see how far he does drop. Like, if I'm deciding between, like, a couple of the other receivers that are going around him, like maybe some of the rookies or, like, a Tony or even a Lazard, like, that deep in your drafts, I think I'd rather take the high-end potential because the rest of my starters are probably filled out at that point. That's the thing. If my starters are filled out and he's there, I will be okay with looking with him there because I know I'm taking high upside guys below him. But if I don't have, like, my three or four wide receivers that I need to fill my lineup going into that first week, I just I can't afford to wait on that. And real quick, before we move off the Cardinals, I know, was Chris, you said Hollywood's going in the eighth round? That was just off of the metric I was looking at. Okay, because via Fantasy Pros, he's going at wide receiver 23, 63rd overall, which would be, you know, right at the fifth round. See, I'm okay Fifth, with sixth that. Round. I'm, I'm okay. I'm with just that. letting you know it's a little bit, little bit more expensive than you were discussing. That, yeah, Eighth right. round, definitely, I'm in. That round, nope. I'm thinking about it. I'm not against it. I'm thinking about it though. Yeah, I would, I'd have to see the make of my team, but I, I do think. I mean, we saw him last year put up wide receiver one numbers on a very run heavy team. He's now on one of the most pass happy teams in the league. And I know he can do it. He just has to stay on the field, and he has—he's got that big play potential. So I mean, so not I would drop the fucking ball. Yeah, like I mean, if you started off your draft like with a, like a dominant running back, and let's say you were able to get like, you know, maybe Tyreek Hill in the second round or somewhere around that, and then like you picked up another good running back in the third, and then you complete your wide receiver room with like Hollywood Brown as your wide receiver two or three with that much upside. If I already had somebody there, that's like a very consistent guy. Like if I had like a Cooper cup or Devonte Adams to stash him with, I- I'm all over that. That's just so much upside. All right. Anybody else with the Cardinals? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, let's move on to the Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams. Ryan, get a start. I'm going to start with their quarterback, Mr. Matthew Stafford. Uh, he, he has been quite the stud. He's been an elite quarterback his entire career. He was just in a shitty situation. Moves to a new team last year. The LA Rams immediately goes and wins the Super Bowl. He's a do-it-all type of guy who completely lacks that rushing upside that you want from your fantasy quarterback. But he was still the quarterback five on the year last year. And right now, as far as, you know, if we're looking at the same metric, he's going around quarterback 10. That's a little bit late for a guy who I think, yeah, he might have lost some weapons like a Robert Woods and whatnot, but he immediately replaced him with an Allen Robinson, who I am super high on this year. Uh, I Cooper Cup is you know I imagine he's going to be all of our wide receiver ones when it comes to rankings time. Not me. No, I don't think so. You guys are crazy. No, I I, yeah, he'll guy. probably be there. Exactly. He's he, top two for sure. He's top two or three for me. He's top man. two and he's not two. There's no reason to go to bet against the guy who you know is going to be seeing 180 targets and 150 catches and 1900 yards because that's just what he does. Triple crown. Triple crown. He's he was the best fantasy wide receiver we've almost ever seen. He's arguably one of the best fan. He had one of the best fantasy seasons we've ever seen last yeah, year. He, and there's no reason to not think he can run it back as that top overall at his position. So with everything working for uh, Matthew Stafford, with you know all of the weapons he's got, you know, like I said, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Tyler Higby is a solid tight end. Uh, the running game is a little bit iffy at right now because we got Cam Akers coming back from injury. We've got Daryl Henderson, who I think is a stud, but you know he tends to get banged up a little bit himself. 
you know, it's going to be a pass-heavy offense. And one of my favorite things about the Rams is they're not afraid to just go all in when it comes to winning. And if anything were to happen to one of their playmakers, they will go out and trade whatever assets they have to go and get a new one from whatever, like, you know, upset players on another team, a.k.a. an Odell Beckham type situation. And even Odell might sign back there, so... I, I, actually, I like Matthew Stafford. He's one of my favorite values at the quarterback position. He's one of my favorite guys that you can target somewhat late. Exactly. Like, you know you're not, you know, reaching on a quarterback when you're getting a Matthew Stafford. You're getting essentially like Tom Brady has been the past few years. Yeah, like Tom Brady last year who had top five upside. And exactly. Matthew Stafford does have top five upside. You're going, I don't, the attempts are going to be there. The yards are going to be there. The touchdowns are going to be there. Yeah, he might not have rushing, but he's got everything else. Yeah, and he's kind of like that last quarterback that is safe. You know, he's going at average of 10, but he's ranked at 12 in a lot of, you know, you know, rankings and stuff you're going to look at. And after that, you're you're drafting risk. And it's usually 30 to 35 picks later that the next quarterback is going to go. And you're looking at Trey Lance Tua, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Those are risky. Those are risky picks. And with Matthew Matthew Stafford, you get safety. So I'm not opposed to it, especially if you are planning on kind of drafting quarterback early and the board just did not fall the way you wanted it to. And he is a perfect guy to pair up with a ton of value in the beginning of the draft. So I, I'm in on Stafford as well. Yeah, I think there's only t- there's 12 quarterbacks this year that I like, and then after that there is a significant teardrop. So, But I'm in on Stafford as well. And the good news is most of you guys are going to be in 12-team leagues, so you should be ele- able to at least grab one of these kind of safer options. Yes. All right, well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on to one of Matthew Stafford's uh, pass catchers, and I'm not going to talk about Cooper Cup. We all know Cooper everyone. Yeah. Co- everyone knows Cooper Cup's a stud. Draft you know, Cooper Cup. <laughs> it's it's a little scary with AR15. I know Ryan was a big fan over the past few years, but he really had a down season last year, so I'm skeptical on AR15. But uh, the guy I'm going to talk about is a decent tight end option, and that's Mr. Tyler Higby. And last year he had a little bit of a disappointing season. He was battling a little bit of injuries last year. But you're looking at a guy who finished the two seasons ago as one of the best tight ends in fantasy football. And for anyone who can show that they have that upside, where a lot of the other tight ends that are going around him, you're betting on that upside to possibly see that. Higby's actually done it. And this is a guy who's going to be going at like tight end 15, 14. And you're going to be taking stabs in the dark at the tight end position that deep. This is a guy who has a ton of upside. Cooper Cup is going to be doubled all over the field. If AR-15 really doesn't have it anymore, he's, he could be likely the second option for Stafford. So I'm all over Higby this year. Oh, how the tables have turned. He's not going at tight end seven so anymore. So you're Higbeast this year? Yeah, he's no Higbust. Higbeast? Yeah, I'm Higbust. Okay. Wow. Which is hilarious because two years ago, I was all on Higby and you were all off him. It's because of where he was going. He was going with the likes of, you know, if, if it was this year, he'd be going around like TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller and, I'm not about that life. I mean, my reasoning by, for being off it is actually because of Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson did not just get signed to a pedestrian deal. They paid this man three-year deal for $46.5 million. That is a very good contract for a mid-range older receiver. So I think they plan to Hey, use- Kenny Britt got signed to money too, all right? I should have talked about Allen Robinson. But I'm just saying, like, we've seen Allen Robinson be a wide receiver one. It was very well known that he was not happy in Chicago last year. I fully believe Chicago schemed him out because they well, didn't they did. want... The- 30% of his of his targets were deemed uncatchable. Yes, which is nothing he's not used to. This is by far the best quarterback play that he's ever had in his career. And 
I'm kind of in on Robinson right now. I, I just don't think there's going to be enough to go around, especially with Sean McVay, that is what? You're, uh, we know you're in on Allen Robinson, Ryan. You're always in on Allen Robinson. He's, I am. He's going to be your new Marvin Jones. You're going to love this man until he's 40 years old. So I will. But yeah, he just that's what makes me nervous is like I like Allen Robinson. I'm not opposed to him. I wasn't a big fan of drafting him in like the second or third round a few years ago like yeah, everyone else was. Either. But this is a guy who's just he's getting older. And we see it every year where guys just start dropping off. There's guys with a talent of like a Julio Jones who just can't even doesn't look anything like what he yeah, did he's not last quite year. There, Allen though. Robinson is he's not 20. Yeah, he's not 30. I'm just years saying old. when you're not as talented as those top end guys, it but seems, he is as talented. It seems to come quicker that. and quicker. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not against Allen Robinson. I'm more like buyer beware on Allen Robinson. I'm starting to get scared because the last time me and Ryan were this in on a receiver and you weren't, it was Marvin Jones and it was the drop off for Marvin Jones. But Marvin Jones was also old. We were Robinson. never. I was never this in on Marvin Jones as much as I am. Alan I think Robinson. you were more so in on no, Marvin Jones. I love Marvin Jones because he was like a wide receiver, 35. I'm pretty convinced that you have a photo of Marvin Jones above your bed, and when you go to sleep, that was, so when you open your eyes every morning, the first thing that you see is just Marvin Jones with his fearless uh, face paint just staring right back at you. I have a shrine that has a Michael Pittman, a Marvin Jones, and an Allen Robinson football card. I don't doubt that at all. My guys are my guys. Do you play tear from them too? Let's play a a Chris Sims special here. Let's play a game, boys. Let's do it. Fine line. Elijah Moore or Allen Robinson? Allen fucking Robinson. Oh, man. Elijah Moore. Allen Robinson or Hunter Renfro? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, easy. Allen Robinson or Jerry Judy? Allen Robinson. Jerry Judy. Allen Robinson or Tyler Lockett? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson or Juju? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. So those are a lot of the ride receivers that are being drafted right around the same spot as Allen Robinson. Good, then I know I'm getting my guy. And I think Allen Robinson, like, I think he's, I don't know how to put this because I don't think he has the upside that some of those other guys do. Like, Like a guy like a Juju or a Judy or even Elijah Moore, I think they have way bigger upside where I think... Allen Robinson's either going to be a safe 10 to 12 or dust. Robert Woods. And like, was I don't like, know if that value's there. Robert Woods was like a wide receiver 17 on points per game basis during his healthy games with Matt Stafford as the wide receiver two behind that historic Cooper Cup wide receiver one season. Allen Robinson, we've seen him have 150 target seasons and be a wide receiver one without any shrivel of decent quarterback play around him. A lot of that was on the backbone of a very very high target share though and the issue with that is Cooper Cup exists on that team and he, he does clear cut first rate. exactly and if he's going to be shadowed by you know your Jalen Ra- or not it your doesn't Ram, matter though team, Stafford can thread the needle say your Denzel Ward your Denzel but, Wards and whatnot see, but that, that, that's the problem that's the difference here that the the top cornerback coverage on Cooper Cup does not matter because Cooper Cup is that talented that he will get open and Matthew Stafford is that talented that he can thread the needle he can make those tough throws Alan Robinson will be a top 17 wide receiver this year I will, wow i will take that bet shake on it write it down what are we betting uh top 17 um what's your favorite i don't know uh food item in the, at this moment in time chipotle i'll bet you chipotle chipotle it is top the Ellen robinson does not finish in the top 17 this Have episode is not spot chipotle. with a minimum of 13 games played yeah 13 games that's fine sounds fair yeah they're gonna say this episode is not sponsored by chipotle but if they want to sponsor us 
please, by all means. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, get it moving. Chris, who is your guy for the Rams you want to talk about? I want to talk about Cam Akers. How do we get on that? We're talking about <laughs> We talked about Alan Robinson more than we talked about any of the guys that I we know. have listed. Yeah, literally. <laughs> just kind of happened. I mean, I'm very much off on Higby personally, but, you know, it's for everything you said, said he's in a high-powered offense, blah, blah, blah. If you want to take your stab at that point in tight end, it's pick your poison. They all suck. So Whoa. Anyway. I mean, it's just, easy. Don't talk about my boy Irv like that. Oh, I love Irv. I'm in on Irv this year. I agree with you on that. So Irv is, yeah, I'm, I'm very much about bigger, but I'm very much not in on Cam Akers. So uh, I do not like Cam Akers at all. I've been very much hinting at that all off season long. Here's what a lot of people don't seem to realize. And I know that like we've seen it. I know like there's a lot of people out there that like believe in the talent and think he has the ability to be a three down running back. Although I, I, I ask you the question, I think, um, Aren't you required to be on the field if you want to be a three-down running back? I think so. It, that's kind of important, right? You can't be a three-down running back while sitting with a leg cast on the sideline, right? Well, here's the funny thing about Cam Akers. In his entire career so far, he has only played in uh, 14 regular season games, and out of those 14 games, how many times do you think he's finished in the top 10? I'm going to guess one. One time is correct. Oh. And he's also coming off of the worst running or the worst injury known for running backs with the torn Achilles. Majority of running backs do not even recover from this at all, let alone get back to playing football. He averaged a measly 2.6 yards per carry when returning from that injury in the playoffs. So the fact that he was on the field really doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Cam Akers is actually one of those rare players that I don't think there is a line where I would be willing to draft him. I would let that man basically go. It, you would have to fall into the double-digit rounds for me to be willing to put him on my team. I want Daryl Henderson on my team over Cam Akers because Daryl Henderson is not coming off of that injury, and he's probably at this point in his career better than him. He is better. I've been saying this since last year. Yeah, well, you've been. You, we know you love Daryl Henderson as much as you love Marvin Jones. That's not true. He's the running back version of Marvin Jones. Yeah, he as, mu- as much as I wanted to kind of like stick up a little bit for Cam Akers for how quickly he came back from that Achilles. You know, looking at all the running backs that are going ahead of him, it's, you know, guys like Saquon and Aaron Jones, Leo Fournette, like none of those guys, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd take Cam Akers over him. And that's where I'm at. Like if he lands at that ADP of, you know, running back 15, 16, I might might think about it. No. But I'm not going to be excited about it. Because I think that he has some ability. I know he hasn't finished in the top 10 before, but – He's still a young player, so he can still come around. And, you know, a guy like Frank Gore was injury-prone injury before, and then he turned into the Iron Man. But we saw Frank so. Gore put up significantly better numbers when he was on the field. I'm just saying, he's still a young player. So I'm not going to write Cam Akers off forever at this point, but he's not a guy that I'm going to be actively targeting in my drafts. And I wouldn't write him off forever, but for this season, I want, no, I want to see him come back from this injury and show me that he can do it. I mean, so I did my really early running back rankings. Take a wild guess where he landed in those. I'm going to guess past 30. 25. You guys you guys were close. He's 27. He's right right around there. Who's going after him? Let me ask you that. So right now, I mean, for one, we got James Conner. Absolutely um, take James Conner. But, but if you guys, on average, going after him, you got Josh Jacobs. We'll take Jacobs over him. Dave Montgomery. We'll take Montgomery over Antonio him. Gibson. Over Zeke. Brees. ETN. Over him. Eli Mitchell. Over him. J.K. Dobbins. Over him. A.J. Dillon, Clyde, Singletary, Damian Harris. I think he kind of fits in that area. When he falls into that range, I will think about it. I would even then, a lot of those guys, I would probably like look and go, well, they didn't tear their Achilles, and they're better running backs. Let me Th- get them. This should speak volumes. I would take Clyde over him. I would take Clyde over him, too, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Clyde might be a hit. Love, love Clyde. 
He might be my hit this no, year. No, we can't keep making this man a hit on this podcast. Eventually, right. he'll be a hit. All right. Eventually, uh, we're going to get past the Rams, right. and that'll let's, be let's now. Move, so move. we're going to move to the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, I'm going to get it started first with my guy who was a fantasy darling last year. He was a guy who was drafted in the sixth, seventh round, and he turned out a top five performance at his position. That's Mr. Debo Samuel. Debo. Debo. Now, like I was say, talking about with Allen Robinson, buyer beware, that's where I'm kind of at with Debo this year. I love Debo, the player. I loved him coming out. And I know a lot of the, you know, things before last year was he was banged up all the time. Could he stay on the field? And then he turned out an insane season. But that was on the back of rushing the football like like a running back. And all offseason, all we've heard is, I want to get paid like a receiver. I'm a number one receiver. I want to play like a number one receiver, mainly to prolong his career. So if you don't get that rushing upside with Debo, is he really worth it that early in your drafts? And you I don't know going? if he is. Well, last year he finished at the top five, so I can only imagine that he's going in the top ten still. And right now he's at wide receiver number six, 16th overall. So you're going to have to draft him in the second round. I love Debo, and if I have him in a dynasty league, I'm thrilled. But I'm not willing to invest that early of a draft pick in my redraft leagues on him. I'm just, I'm not. Yeah, it's weird. He might have had the quietest 1,400 receiving yard season that a yeah, wide receiver's and, ever and had. He was good. He was good catching the ball. Yeah. Six touchdowns, 1,400 yards, and then also added another eight touchdowns and almost 400 yards on the ground and still was not the number one wide receiver. And that's what propelled football. him into the top five was all that rushing attempts. Yeah. Like, even still with all that, Cooper Cup finished ahead of him. Yeah. Even still with all that, if Devontae Adams was still on the Packers, I'd be drafting him. Yep. You know, so it, he's he's a risky pick. Now, could it pay off? Could Kyle Shanahan just be like, you know what? Go after yourself. You're going to run the ball, whether you like it or not. Yeah, probably. Could be. I don't see it happening. So he's a risky pick for me in the second round. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with that. Agreed. So I would rather take the upside of like a Reek in the second round. Yep. Yes. You know, or someone else like that, or even like a CD or a Keenan Allen going a little bit later. Both yeah, of them, yep. Same. I would draft a running back in the second round over Debo every time, pretty much. So the guy who's throwing Debo the ball, Chris, you want to get started on your guy? I love Trey Lance. I'm in on Trey Lance this year. I think that if you want, if you miss out on one of those top 12 guys, one of the players that has the highest upside, in my opinion, is Trey Lance. If you want to swing for the fences, Trey Lance played basically in sixth quarter. He got basically um, – he played – he started for a full two games, and then he played for half a game. And in those in that time frame, he that would did, be That would be uh, ten quarters. Yeah, that's what I meant. Just, just so you know. Yeah, I know. Quick I maths. Me- I messed it up. But anyway, <laughs> I, I just – I like the upside of him. This is a player that has the rushing upside that you need to finish in the top five. I'm not going to proclaim that, but I, it could be a Lamar Jackson-like season where if he gets everything just kind of clicks in the right direction, it's absolutely in the realm of possibilities. Where I don't really see that with a guy like Derek Carr or like Tua just because you know they could be a quarterback one, but I don't see top five because they don't have that just clear-cut rushing upside. We know he's got a cannon for an arm. We know he's got playmakers. I like, I like Debo, the player. I don't like his ADP. I love George Kittle. I mean, if Brandon Ayuk can find a way to get out of the doghouse, he's not Which a bad Which he seemingly player. did a little bit last year so, at the end of the season. And, I mean, their running back room is nice, too. Elijah Mitchell is a good pass catcher. They, they have weapons on this team. And I think that there's just a significant amount of upside on one of those later-round quarterbacks that could possibly just hit and be a league winner. So I'm in on Trey Lance. I think my biggest concern, because I was a huge Trey Lance fan last year, him and Fields. I liked them both. I wanted to draft them in all my leagues. In one league, I drafted both of them. And my biggest concern with him is nothing to do with himself, 
But the fact that Jimmy G is still on that roster. Yeah, there's no because, guarantee for him yet. Exactly. And even if he is the program starter and he is quarterback one for that team, what happens if they start out one and three? You think they're not going to switch it to Jimmy G? Like, that is a possibility that can always happen. I could see it kind of like the Tua and what was it, Teddy Bridgewater or Jacoby Brissett? I forgot which one it was. Both that of was, them. That was just taking snaps away from even Fitzpatrick, I think, for a little bit, was just taking snaps away from him while he was still coming along. So for this season, being that that quarterback, like 13, right after that drop, it's a little risky for me as long as Jimmy G's on the, on the roster. Where Which, is he going right now? Right now he's at quarterback 13, right after Stafford. And what um, what round on average do you think? Those are double-digit rounds, so he should yeah. be... You're not hurting your team when you're taking a quarterback there. I don't think Jimmy G's going to be there. I don't either. But you'll have, you know, when it comes fantasy draft time season, like you'll... You'll probably know who they're going with. And plus, I mean, in those rounds, you could double up. You could get yourself a Trey Lance and then snag a Matt Ryan, and then you're protected so if something like that happens. Yeah, so he's going right after Derek Carr at ADP of 102 right now on average. Yeah, I, I, I'm in. I mean, I understand your concern. I don't think you're wrong for having that opinion. I'm not I, swayed away from him either. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I agree with Ryan though. I don't think Jimmy G's on the. The only reason Jimmy G's on the roster right now is because he had that surgery, yep. and that's no team wants to invest in a contract like his. For a player, they're not even confident is 100%. Yeah, I mean, as soon as Jimmy G's gone and on the Panthers or the Seahawks or wherever else he may go, I'm in. I'm in even more so than I am now. That's just something I'm keeping in mind because at any point he could get stolen, you know? Yeah, fair enough. All right, Ryan, finish it off with the San Fran. Uh, yeah, and I also went with somebody who I'm not pretty high on either, like uh, Mr. Seto over here, and I went with Mr. Elijah Mitchell, running back. Uh, possibly RB1 for the 49ers. He's who really the, knows when the season today, comes around? The what about Sermon? No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. What about Sermon? What about Michael Hasty? What about whoever hey, the fuck? Tarion, Even Tarion. Kyle Uschek gets what some about work. The Prince? Don't Darius forget about Davis the Prince. Prince. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, he had a few good flashes in his rookie year. He had five 100-yard rushing games out of the 11 games that he played. Those are pretty good numbers. And that's about the only good thing about him. He was not very good anywhere else. He's not used in the passing game. I know Chris over here said, you know, he's a good pass catcher. He's not terrible. He saw one six target game and one five target game. And then, like, I think four of his games, he didn't even see a single target. Sheesh. I'm just saying he's capable. It was just more a take towards Trey Lance. He's not like, he's not over here putting up Austin Eckler numbers. I've seen the man catch passes. He's not terrible at it. (laughs) So, anyway, back to this. Uh, If he's going with a rookie quarterback behind I like when you guys argue. And we've seen also like when everybody argues. when San Francisco, San Francisco, it is the hardest place to predict who their running back is going to be. Hasn't it been like every single year for the last like six seasons? It's been had, a different RB one. Yeah, essentially. And they use a rotation of four or five guys. So Terry and Davis price is the Terry Davis price will probably have a quite a few games and he might be next year's Elijah Mitchell. He might be the guy that we're taking at RB 21, which is where Elijah Mitchell is going right now. RB 21. Where do I have him? I'm not. I, I mean, I, I actually I have him right around there. He's at RB twenty two, but I also put a note there to. Um, I like the, all three of the guys that I have behind him. I kind of am more in on, which would be Rashad Penny, Miles Sanders, and Kareem Hunt. Agreed. And you know those guys have jobs. Elijah Mitchell might not have a full time regular I workload. Mean, I hope he has a job. He's, yeah, he has a job. Don't worry. I, I Nobody mean, took I, his job. I have a job. They took his job. They took his job. My biggest thing with him is I could see him just like a Philip Lindsay type player. Exactly. Where he came in, you know, low capital or undrafted in Philip Lindsay's case. And, you know, he just, he did well with this opportunity, but 
he's replaceable. Yeah. And that's what does make me nervous. So I'm on Ryan's side with this Remember one. when I said five of 11 games? That's because he didn't play in six of the games because he was injured. His rookie year, and he's already missing almost half of his season. Hey, you don't got pr- to sell me on that. I preach that uh, draft capital is important. So yes. that, that I agree with you, Sada. That six-round draft capital, that means something. For I mean, a guy who's prone to being banged up, for a guy who might lose touches to a fucking wide receiver running the ball, on top of the four other running backs that they like to use, it's just... RB21 is too high for me to not get somebody who I'm going to have in my roster every week at running back. All right. Do you guys got anybody else you want to talk about for San Fran? Uh, George Kittle is Love a George Kittle. value. Yeah, don't, don't, don't shy away from him on the injury history. I, I still like him. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Kittle guy for sure, just because I love watching him play, honestly. Oh, he's a beast. All right. So we're going to move on to the best team in this division, the Seattle Seahawks. What? 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 All, right, all right. Yeah, I was kidding. Um, you know, being the... Being the best team in this division, I decided to go with my favorite player on this team that I want to draft. It's not Russell Wilson anymore. And that is no one. <laughs> he actually did it. I picked no one because there's not a player on this team besides the two that you guys are talking about and one of the rookies that I wouldn't like I'm not I don't want to draft him, but I'm not opposed to it. Other than that, I'm I'm not interested in literally talking any about of Kenny these Walker? guys. Yeah, Ken. You mean Ken Walker? Kenneth? Yeah, I Ken. Like Kenneth Ken Ken- Walker the third? Ken Walker is one of the only other guys besides the two you guys are going to talk about. So, so are you out on Lockett then too? Because the yeah. guy I'm talking about is Metcalf. I'm out yeah. on Lockett as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on him. So, Chris, you're going to talk about Metcalf. Get it going because I'm I, done. I, I I'll don't, see you later. Yeah, I see you, but unfortunately, I'm not. I'm like, in, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> not in on him. DK Metcalf. I just, you know, I mean, I think that. So, do you have? Where is he going right now in drafts? Give me, give me his metrics here. He's wide receiver. What? I'll give you some metrics. Metrics. He's I about 6'3". Dra- I did draft DK in one of my best ball drafts because I think that's all he's you know, worth it. He may have one game with like two touchdowns. Oh, he's and, go, that's why I like but, him. But that's it. Um, right now he's going at wide receiver 16 to 44 overall. So you're looking at like back end of the third round, and fourth round. And who's going after him? Scary Terry, who just got paid. Probably take him over him. DJ Moore, Mike yep. Williams, yep. Amari Cooper. Oh, my God. Mike Williams is an easy smash over him. Chris Godwin, Amon Ra. Chris Godwin, no. Hollywood, Mooney to the Moon. Uh, just, Brandon Cooks, Cortland doesn't suck anymore. Sutton doesn't suck. Any- I love. I'm in on Cortland Sutton this year. We'll I'll definitely throw DK into that mix with your Cortland Suttons and whatnot. He, he's in the mix, but I think he's at the very end of like all those guys I named. I mean, like if all those guys are gone, like I'd be like, eh, DK's still a good talent. You yeah, know, but, that's what it is. But but I would feel gross putting him up in my starting lineup every week because yep. because I'm not expecting it every week. You know, if he's like my third receiver or fourth receiver flex, like. Okay, I'll take that. But other than that, I'm gonna probably be staying away from DK. Yeah, I'm I'm off him. I just I mean, out of the receivers on that team, he's definitely the one I want just because of his size and ability. But I'm and I know that I know there's a lot of rumors right now that there's you know going to be a Baker Mayfield trade, and if that happens, that might bump him up a little bit. But even then, I've not seen Baker support a wide receiver one, and I know Pete Carroll's mentality. He wants to run the football nonstop. DK has the best touchdown upside, so if he were, he's somebody that if he slipped really late, if I could get DK Metcalf in like the seventh round of my drafts, yeah, sure, but that's not going to happen. So I'm just I'm I don't see the target share being there for him. It's the last thing Seattle wants to do is give this man 150 reception season and make him demand to get paid even more than he already is. And on top of it, they're going to be Drew Lock targets as of today or Geno Smith. And pick whichever one you want. They both fucking suck. I don't want neither one of them. So yeah. better than Zach Wilson, though. I'm definitely better than Zach Wilson. No, no, come on now. You guys can't honestly tell me that Drew Locke is better than Zach Wilson. Um, you can't I've never seen Zach Wilson. He's not. He's not much worse. Yeah. 
Like, I, what's I, this ever lip sync to fucking, uh, what's his name? I'm um, drawing a blank. Are you talking about when... um Young Jeezy. Yeah. On the sideline. How many fantasy points do you get for lip syncing to Young Jeezy? Uh, you about, win, as, about as much as Zach Wilson got last year. <laughs> you win personality points for that. You win personality points? We got to add that um, into our leagues here, personality points? Yep. So uh, we need to get Fitzmagic back in the league then because he gets personality points on a week-to-week basis with those outfits. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm off He's on retired. DK. Yes. All right, Ryan, round us off with the last guy we're going to talk about. All right, we'll, talk, we'll end on a positive note. That's uh, running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, the Mr. rookie? No, not the rookie. The stud. The guy who we loved ever since he was a rookie but could not stay on the field, Rashad Penny. Somebody who is a darling in a lot of people's hearts because he won UA Fantasy Championship last year. And he did. He was, you know, the David Johnson of years past. That guy who kind of like showed up at the end of the year at the right time and just was on a tear and did not slow down. He was the RB1 over the last five weeks of the season, was consistently putting up 130-yard games, two touchdowns, just doing it at all at all points. And now he's coming into the season, currently going as Seta. Are you going to say it's the RB31? That is correct. That is Woo-hoo. what I saw, too. Smash value. RB31 for a guy who got re-signed this year for a one-year deal, $5 million, makes him one of the top, I believe, 14 or top 12, some high number paid running backs for this year in the NFL. They're going to run that man into the ground. Uh, Kenny Walker. Ken Walker. Kenneth. Walker. Kenneth. He prefers Ken. He could prefer whatever he wants. He's going to prefer to sit on the bench because that's what he's going to do this year. Why do you no, think all? Not. Why do you think his name and all of the platforms you look up now is Ken? He came out with this story saying he preferred Ken. And uh, he, you're wrong. He's not going to sit on the bench. They didn't invest an early second round pick to just sit. I him thought on the he bench. was going to say I'm wrong because I was like, no. I mean, I, I did hear the article. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, he's going to sit on the bench because they're paying Rashad Penny. Big money. They're going to are run the shit out. So are you saying that that's his Barbie to Ken? I'm saying that that's his Barbie. Rashad Penny is the Barbie. <laughs> okay. He's the one that everyone knows. He is by name. You see him in every store because Rashad Penny is going to run for 8,000 yards. Granted. He's the toy your mom wouldn't buy you when you were a little kid. Yes. <laughs> unfortunately. Wait, Ryan wanted the Barbie dolls. <laughs> Obviously. 100%. Were you playing with dudes? What? You're playing with men? <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, in contact sports. <laughs> Outside. No, but going back to our Interesting. point here. Chris Carson obviously is dealing with you know catastrophic injuries throughout his career. We might not oh, know done. if he plays football ever again. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. For if you're his, listening for to Chris Carson, Walker. which we know you are, because who doesn't listen to this yeah. podcast? I wouldn't, I wouldn't play, man. Just You've made a lot of money. Just just call it. It's okay. Just relax. It's all right, man. Take it, it like, easy, man. It, we, we're just hoping for your health. Yeah, Ken Walker, I'll say it right this time. Thank you. you know, Second-round draft capital, he's going to get a little bit of a workload, but he's not going to be the lead back this year. As long as Rashad Penny is healthy and out on that field, he's going to probably be the best fantasy asset that the Seattle Seahawks have. And if you're getting that at RB31, that is somebody who I'm comfortable putting at my RB2 all year long. All year long. So. Yeah, Ken is going at RB36, so very similar spot. Right. And I think it's appropriate. Yeah, and I'm not swayed away from either. I think either one of these guys, I kind of agree with both of you guys' takes. I think either one of these guys can take the role from each other. I think they can easily run Richard Penny in the ground, or they could easily just give Ken Walker the keys to the car. So at that deep of a pick, when you're looking at drafting backups for every other team, I'll take a stab at either of these guys. I would take both if I could. I would take both and back-to-back rounds later late in my drafts i love rashad penny i think rashad penny's good he got paid one year 5.7 or yeah 5.7 million dollars not a bad contract not exactly getting the bag though no it's a prove it deal basically yeah and i just i don't know i i don't think it's enough i mean i know what seattle wants to do i know what p carroll wants to do they're gonna run the fuck out of the football which is why i don't agree with you that ken walker is gonna sit on the bench 
Because when I think I say they're sit on the both going to be used. I didn't mean sit on the bench like he's going to, you know, have like two touches a game. He'll get a little bit of work. Yeah. But it's not going to be a 50-50 split. I think this is going to be a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, much, so much either. watered down versions. Of- Ken Walker has no pass game appeal. I, I, he's not terrible at it. Hey, he just, is. Just like Jonathan Taylor, just because he didn't do it in college doesn't mean he can't do it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to see it he first. He can do it. I just, I mean, I've, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm definitely you not. You can do it. He can do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I like both. I, I'm not, I'm definitely, I want the running back in Seattle because I know they're going to get a lot of volume. And I think that they are both very, very talented. We will see the, the big question for Rashad Penny is, and always will be, can he stay on the field? And if he can do that, I think he has a very, very good season. I think you're going to be very happy with that pick. But based on his injury history, I would absolutely be willing to slap Ken Walker on my bench. And if something happens to Rashad Penny, he's now got the keys to the car. He's running the ship. He's running the show. He's going to get all that volume, and he's a rookie. We've seen what rookie running backs do when given the opportunity. He's got fresh legs, and he's ready to take over the league. And they invested the 41st overall pick on him. Uh, yeah, I'd be in on that. Oh yeah. Can I, I be can I be honest though? I think we spent way too much time talking about the Seattle Seahawks. We did. Oh yeah, we did. Cuz they suck. They they're so bad. They're so bad. Like Why is PK like, still like we're arguing between like Rex Burkhead and, you know, whoever else Duke Johnson ran the ball for that. Like I like who cares? I like, think as though they don't really suck that bad. They the really te- suck. The but team's if, like, if not they had good. A quarterback for fan like they have good fantasy players. Like Tyler Lockett. That team sucked with Russell Wilson on the team. He didn't really play last year that much. He I mean, he only there. missed like two games. But he was hurt. He came back way too early. I'm I'm just saying, a guy with that kind of capability, he can Chris, bring they a suck. team up. Yeah, they're just not Can that good. Can you just agree with us for once and just say they suck? They suck. They suck. All Thank right. you. Fair enough. Well, that'll do it for this week, boys. I just wanted that'll to thank everyone for tuning in this week. Make sure to hit us up on any of those social media platforms at HitStickFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well as our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at The Real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. Also, any long-form feedback, hit us up on email at hitstickfantasy at gmail.com. Where do you guys think I should go on vacation to next week? I wonder what band's playing next Tuesday. You can leave whenever you want. We, we, we want Kyle. We you want Kyle. You don't get Kyle. We want Kyle. God damn it, Kyle. Please, Kyle. Fuck you, Steve. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle.